Welcome back. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate it. Now, it's 2023, which it seems like it's so much in the future. A lot different than 2022 already, right? Yeah, 2022 was a strange year with the, the first half still recovering from the COVID pandemic and the second half, well, we saw a tech crash. And so uh, we're still kind of going through the ripple effects from that. Yeah, so for these first two episodes of 2023, we wanted to look back at last year's predictions. The end of the year, we, we typically make some predictions about the upcoming year. So we're going to look back on what we said would happen in 2022. And next week, we're going to take a look at what we think will happen in this upcoming year of 2023. Yeah, these are always some of my favorite episodes. So I don't know. Let's get right into it. Welcome to Rocketship.fm. Rocketship FM is produced in partnership with Product Collective, where your hosts, Michael Saka and Mike Belsito. And a quick word from our sponsors. As AI continues to revolutionize our world, there's a critical conversation we can't ignore. AI safety and security. And that's where HackerOne's AI red teaming comes into play, rigorously testing AI models to prevent them from being misled or exploited. HackerOne employs over 2 million ethical hackers, and 750 of them specialize in prompt hacking and other AI security and testing. So HackerOne isn't just theorizing, they're actively safeguarding AI's future. Just recently, a team unearthed over 100 vulnerabilities in just two weeks. So whether you're at the helm of a startup or steering product innovation at a large company, it's time to prioritize AI security. Visit HackerOne.com AI for more. Again, HackerOne.com slash AI. This episode is sponsored by Porkbun.com. Porkbun is a refreshingly different domain name registrar that's different from the other ones like GoDaddy or Namecheap. They've got low prices on hundreds of different domain extensions. They've got everything from .com domains to really cool ones like .pro, .dev, .xyz. Every domain name at Porkbun comes with tons of freebies too, like SSL certificate, who is privacy, DNS, URL forwarding, and hosting trials. Because why pay for things that should be free, right? All these incredible features and tools are backed by incredible support, 365 days a year, and more five-star reviews on Trustpilot from real customers than anyone else. Look, you can get a dollar off your next domain name from Porkbun and see why they're the best domain name register around by using our code. Just go to porkbun.com forward slash rocketchipfm24. That's porkbun, P-O-R-K-B-U-N dot com forward slash rocketchipfm24. You'll save a dollar on your next domain. This episode is brought to you by Gigantic. At Gigantic, you can level up your product skills through live, small group, cohort-based trainings. We're incredibly excited to welcome you to our next cohort of our product strategy training kicking off in January of 2024. This course will take you through the frameworks that product leaders use at companies like eBay, DoorDash, Groupon, Rent the Runway in order to scale their teams. It's taught by Ben Foster, a friend of this podcast, who is the former chief product officer at Whoop. 
So come join us. Go to gigantic.is. That's gigantic.is. And save your seat for our January cohort. Your potential is gigantic, and we're here to help you reach it. Go to gigantic.is to reserve your seat today. Okay, so we made some predictions at the beginning of 2022, and today we're going to see how they panned out. All right. I was kind of scared of this one, Michael, because I was trying to think back of what our predictions were, (laughs) but um, I have them here. Um, That first prediction that we made was actually around quantum computing. We said that 2022 would be the year that we saw some big, big breakthroughs in quantum computing. Well, you want to know what? I'm going to go big here, and I'm going to say 2022 is going to be the year where we see some major breakthroughs in quantum computing. Yeah, so how'd we do? Did we get those big breakthroughs in 2022? Well, you know what? I'd say maybe the biggest news probably came towards the end of the year in November um, with IBM unveiling its quantum computer's largest quantum bit count, 433 qubits. It far exceeds the total number of atoms in the entire universe. <laughs> okay, I would call that progress. Um, and there were other innovations this year, right, that helped kind of push quantum computing forward. I, I know this; these stories have largely been on the background, so I was actually interested to to hear about some of the, the ones that we probably missed in the news cycles. Yeah, yeah, well, 2022, it brought a new language, twist, Uh, Scientists at MIT's Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab, they developed twist programming language for quantum computing. When programming quantum computers, two qubits are essentially entangled, and that results into actions taken on one qubit affecting the other. And that results in weakness and correctness in the program. But twist enables developers to write quantum programs explicitly when a qubit is not entangled with another. Yeah, I half understood what you said. <laughs> I, I feel like like <laughs> the whole quantum computing uh, engineering task is going to make CRUD applications kind of feel very infantile, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. Um, very exciting. I also read that Tata Consultancy Services, which is an Indian multinational information technology service and consulting company, um, it's headquartered in Mumbai, but it made its quantum computing lab available on AWS for its enterprise customers. Um, and the research and development it'll actually be powered by Amazon's Bracket, a fully managed service offered by AWS specifically for quantum computing. Yeah, so I would say definitely progress in quantum computing and and probably a lot more to come in 2023. So yeah, first prediction, I think we did okay there. Okay, so our second prediction was around (laughs) NFTs. Here we go. (laughs) Yep. Okay, this may be our first miss of the year. So, yes, NFTs, they took a nosedive last year, along with the entire crypto market, honestly, starting with the TerraCoin, then FTX, now possibly Binance. NFT values and hype and even interest has dropped almost in correlation with the crypto market. Yeah, we said that 2022 was going to be a telling year for NFTs and that we would see a direction for the future of the web come out on the other side. 
for me, I picked NFTs. And I think 2022 is going to be a very telling year for the future of the web. And I'm honestly not sure which way it's going to go, but it feels like things are converging and some amalgamation of our collective vision of the future of the web is going to come out the other side. Yeah, and I don't think we nailed this one. <laughs> I, I think a lot of the future web discussions, uh, they were overhyped. And um, at least it's, it doesn't appear that that's what Web3, um, whatever this next version of the web, is going to be this blockchain-powered uh, application universe. Yeah, and we even had an entire season on, of Rocketship.fm on Web3. And some of those stories were exciting, but... Yeah, didn't necessarily maintain throughout the entire year, did it? I think the future of the web might no. be in artificial intelligence, um, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit more um, later on this episode. Um, I mean, this is an advancement that's rapidly picked up steam, especially at the end of 2022. Yeah, I mean, AI, it's going to be part of the web moving forward, and it's incredibly exciting. I thought we were going to see great advancements in NFTs and gaming, specifically with NFTs being used across games where users could buy, say, some shoes and they'd wear them across the games. So I think we'll first see it in the gaming industry. And depending on how fast Apple moves into mixed reality or augmented reality, we might see it kind of at the tail end of this year in what is being dubbed kind of the metaverse. So in gaming specifically, a lot of this like kind of NFT culture already exists in most games where there are in-game stores where players can upgrade their gear, they can buy new outfits. Yeah, and look, I have a nine-year-old who used to be big on Fortnite. Mm. I can't tell you how much of his allowance money he spent on on these digital outfits and accessories and, and all of that. Yeah, 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 exactly. So... The capabilities that NFTs give us are really an expansion of that concept. And it's been around for over a decade. But my guess is we'll start to see the very start of a decentralized marketplace where items can be purchased and used in multiple places. So, yeah, we're, we're not there quite yet, are we? No, no, it doesn't appear so. Uh, there are more and more in-game NFTs. Like we saw Axie Infinity is one of the top NFT games with 2.8 million daily active players. This play-to-earn game allows players to earn Axie tokens, actually. And it's all built on the blockchain and can be used for the platform's governance. And they can also be sold on the third-party markets. And according to the website, the most expensive Axie ever sold was for $820,000. And they... There was a approximately 3.6 billion worth of transactions that moved through the marketplace in the last year. And that's pretty impressive, I'd say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, the Axis token value, it has suffered the same fate as much of the crypto industry. So Axie Infinity became incredibly popular in the Philippines, actually. And it actually was was touted as a recovery to the COVID pandemic so that people could earn a bit extra income. And at first it was working, but um, recently it's become harder and harder for people to earn the amount that they previously enjoyed um, before the market crash. So here's actually a clip of Time Magazine story about the application. And in the past six months, Axie's economy has collapsed with its in-game crypto tokens decreasing in value and becoming fractions of what they used to be. In November, the research firm Navic reported that average earnings for Axie players had actually dropped below the Filipino minimum wage, and they've only fallen further thanks to this year's crypto crash. 
that's the reality of a lot of these crypto schemes where you can't keep creating growth through the value of a coin forever. These are the same tactics that eventually caught up with the TerraCoin and even FTX. And there are real people on the other side who are impacted now. Yeah, and too often this has been the outcome in 2022. Perhaps in 2023, we'll see more regulation and responsible companies popping up. But so far, the promise of the crypto industry has largely been clouded by these irresponsible and sometimes nefarious players. That said, there are more popular games built on the blockchain than ever before, including like Gods Unchained, The Sandbox, which is an open world voxel-based free play NFT gaming platform, and the DeFi Kingdoms, which is a pixel-based fantasy role-playing game with a, a similar style to like RunScape, if you're familiar. But it feels like we're still several years away from these NFTs actually being shared between games and kind of that vision where we truly give the power back to the users instead of having it all tied up in these platforms as we see it today. Okay, let's take a quick break here and we will be right back with more. Okay, before the break, we were basically at 50% for 2022 predictions with some big advancements happening in quantum computing, but then the crash of the crypto market also pummeled our Web3 dreams. Okay, so our next prediction was around a new management philosophy for product and engineering emerging, given that companies and teams around the globe were now mostly remote. Yeah, so now that every tech company has embraced some form of remote work, and even if they want to come back to an office, they've probably hired folks that live remotely, or they've had key employees that have moved away from this central location that they were in before. I think we're long overdue for a philosophical renaissance in management philosophy, especially around product and engineer. So what does this mean? No more agile or scrum? I think we're all going to go waterfall, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Phew! <laughs> I do think we're going to see an evolution of those concepts. Agile was developed over 20 years ago now by engineers, right? Many people will disagree, but I don't think that Agile is much of a product development process as it is an engineering management process. So did we see anything, Michael? Honestly, um, no, I, I couldn't name a new philosophy that's been developed since like Shape Up, and that was several years ago now. Yeah, I, I can't say that I've seen anything as groundbreaking as you know, agile when when that sort of came out uh, many many moons ago. Um, I haven't seen anything really since then. That's that's truly groundbreaking, I'd say. Yeah, and now we kind of see companies even looking to return to office, especially large companies. Yeah, which I thought was actually going to happen faster than it did, especially given all the expensive leases that are out there. Yeah, it's definitely been tamer than it could have been. Um, maybe it's offset by the great resignation that we saw in 2022. Yeah, maybe so. Um, either way, a bit of a dud there. Not a space that I see anything specific <laughs> emerging for 2023 either. Yeah, so I don't know. We missed on that one too, but that's okay. So we'll move on to marketing. Which I think will continue to be a huge topic in 2023 with all sorts of platforms. ChatGPT could be coming into play here. Yeah, and Next week, I think we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit more about that. But we said privacy would become a huge deal and affect the ability for companies like Facebook and Google to target ads. And okay, all right. Well, my prediction is going to be that privacy will become a huge focus for marketing teams. Ad blockers are now being built right into the browsers, like Brave, for instance. I mean, years of breaches, unwanted sharing, 
greedy grabbing of all zero first, second, third party <laughs> data that companies get their hands on. It's made people angry, confused, suspicious. Um, now, I mean, every time a hack goes public, trust just goes down immediately. And every time people see ads that feel too suspiciously tailored to their exact <laughs> situation, maybe for some product they were literally just talking about, uh, you know, then yeah. of course the conspiracy theories pop up that they're all listening to us in our phones. And, <laughs> and hey, I may be one of those people that I'm a little suspicious. I mean, is it really a conspiracy at this point? <laughs> exactly. I mean, the bottom line is when a company wants too much data from us, we don't like it. It doesn't feel good. So my prediction is that marketing teams are going to be both overly cautious to not come across as data vampires, and they're going to want to try to figure out how to reach the right audience when they don't have access to the same tracking they've enjoyed over the last decade. Lo and behold, we were actually right on this one. 2022 was a challenging year for big advertisers, and 2023 isn't looking much better as we're primed for kind of further unbundling of the advertising platform. Yeah, I would say things started with Apple in 2022 by not allowing Facebook to track users on its mobile devices and, and to roll out new and improved privacy features. Which was a huge blow. Here's actually a clip from the Tech Vision YouTube page on the topic. Apple plaintively outlined its belief that this is a simple matter of standing up for our users. Users should know when their data is being collected and shared across other apps and websites, and they should have a choice to allow that or not. App tracking transparency in iOS 14 gives users a choice. Facebook, for its part, understands all too keenly that if a user is asked, do you want us to extract your personal data, that user will most likely click no. And the grim feeling in Mark Zuckerberg's office is that this will affect Facebook's ability to sell ads. And that part has proven to be true, but uh, that wasn't all. Most recently, EU privacy regulators ruled that Facebook and Instagram, they must not force users to agree to tracking by putting this requirement into terms. The business model is now illegal, according to the GDPR. So Facebook, Instagram, WhatsApp, they must offer a yes and no option so that users can actively give consent or refuse consent. Yeah, this will be interesting to watch unfold and will undoubtedly have a huge effect on any company running an ad platform. The Apple division to allow users not to be tracked by Facebook cost the company 8% of their revenue in 2022. This decision by the EU could have far greater implications, especially if other countries adopt a similar policy as we've seen, um, where GDPR is kind of that market leader in this space. All right. Let's move on to another prediction we made. This next one is along the same lines, and I think a year too early, honestly, but we're just starting to see it come into fruition. Um, here, I'm going to play the clip from last year. Okay, so I picked a renewed interest in the story for marketing teams. I know, at least on our team, we've changed our approach to marketing and the skills we need to build content for advertising in the last six months to really start telling the story more rather than kind of this direct click to conversion advertising. And I think this trend is going to continue for more and more platforms, pushing short form video to attract customers. They're going to have to lean back into storytelling again to capture kind of the hearts and minds of consumers. That was pretty prophetic given the times. We really didn't get there in 2022. You're right. But now with the great unbundling happening um, because of disruptors like ChatGPT, it looks like it's going to come true in 2023. With technological advances, we're going to see some new ad networks open up that are focused on out-of-home advertising now with much improved tracking and reporting. 
And companies like Netflix and Uber are planning on rolling out their own ad networks as well. But these networks won't have the same level of user targeting. So advertisers are going to have to move back to storytelling to really stand out. I'm sure we'll be talking a lot more about this great unbundling and what might possibly be the worst year for Google and Facebook in quite some time. Okay, let's take another quick break and we'll be back to discuss SPACs in 2022. Okay, we're back to discuss SPACs and IPOs in the tech sector. Last year, we thought there would be one last wave of SPACs as they did already seem to be in decline. But it proved out to be, well, pretty much the end of the SPAC boom uh, when we saw it in 2021. Here's a clip from CNBC. 2022 comes to a close. So does what was the SPAC boom. So far, 132 SPACs have now been liquidated this year. This after failing to find a target and complete a motion. Yeah, it was a rough year to say the least. Here's more from that same segment on the 2022 SPAC market. Public, I mean, you had companies with basically a PowerPoint pitch and a dream getting listed on the public market. And unfortunately, that dream has turned into kind of a nightmare for investors. You have a lot of high profile SPACs that after getting that deal done have dropped 90% in some cases. Even deals that we seemed to be really promising, a DraftKings, a Lucid, those have not fared well. And so that's why we're seeing in December alone, we've had 70 SPACs liquidated. Um, and I think people realize the better part of Valor is to sort of give people their money back rather than trying to ram through a deal. The SPAC king himself, Chamath Kalapatiya, recognized, you know what, the last couple SPACs I'm doing just don't make a lot of sense. I'm going to give people their money back. And I think there's a couple things that have really precipitated that change uh, this year alone. Obviously, the macro environment has changed tremendously. Stocks are going down. Interest rates are going up. So investors lost about a billion dollars in 2022 on SPACs. And when investors lose money, these vehicles got out of style pretty quickly. <laughs> Yeah, but again, it was the bad actors who really tanked the ecosystem. The SPACs like Nikola, who CEO Trevor Milton was actually convicted of defrauding investors on nearly every aspect of the company uh, just a couple months ago. Yeah, that was a wild story. And actually, we should probably do a follow up on, on that entire thing. Yeah, noted. So, <laughs> but yeah, it was the bad actors once again, just like we saw with crypto that ruined what you know, could be a genuinely useful vehicle in a SPAC. But now uh, people have generally lost faith. And I, I think we're going to see SPACs go out of style uh, pretty quickly here. OK, L let me ask you something, Michael. And this came up earlier in the episode. And, and I know next week we'll, we'll be more focused on our 2023 predictions. But what do you think about COVID? I mean, is COVID like done? I know it's not really done, but what I mean is the is the worry and concern about COVID done? Just what's your take on that? Yeah, I mean, I've been doing some traveling recently. I, I think generally the fear of COVID is is subsiding. I think those businesses that relied on getting people together, like conferences, festivals, they do seem to be back in full force. Um, COVID itself isn't done, but it feels like we're entering a period where everyone's kind of equipped to deal with it in their own way. I know here in Canada, it doesn't feel like there's much concern anymore just in our day to day and everyone's kind of in management mode. So I think a lot of those implications from the COVID pandemic, I think those are behind us in the business world. Yeah, yeah, it seems almost like something that people are accepting now. Like speaking of that, um, didn't you 
get people together last year? We we sure did. We actually had the return of Industry the Product Conference. That happened this past fall. And um, I, I'll tell you, Michael, we have three in-person conferences coming right up this spring. Um, well, two of them are this spring. We have the European edition of Industry. That'll be March 20th through the 22nd in Dublin, Ireland. And then the New York Product Conference, May 4th. And then Industry, our flagship conference in October. So yeah, we're, we're not letting things get in the way of us putting on these conferences anymore, at least here at Product Collective. And I'm looking forward to, to more. I think I'll be at a couple of your conferences this year. And um, I, I think it's just so refreshing that we're able to get together in person again and, um, and do that kind of networking and connection that we need, right? And I really missed for the last two years. So I'm so glad that that industry's back and that conferences are a thing again. Yeah, me too. Me too. And maybe, maybe next episode we should we should tease uh, what you just set out a little bit more because yeah, you're going to be with us a couple of times and maybe some rocket ship listeners can join us as well. Yes, absolutely. So next week we're going to go through some of our 2023 predictions. Yeah, I'm excited for that episode. So let's make sure that we uh, all tune in next week and you will hear what we have to say about 2023. All right. So for Mike Belsito, I'm Michael Saka, and you're listening to rocketship.fm.